You're listening to Do What You Want Radio, a podcast series for creative entrepreneurs, freelancers, and those ready to learn how to do what they want. I'm your host, Jordan Heffler. Hey everyone, welcome back to Do What You Want Radio. I am here with Zach Andrus, local musician that goes by the Rusty Kid and also happens to be my neighbor. So we're in his apartment because Christian's next door doing something with the TV. It's I don't football know. Hours. It, it is football hours. Real so football I made hours. the long walk of two steps next door to come hang out with Zach in his apartment. Woo-hoo. So and my cat. Yeah, and your cat. What might your cat be saying? a little disruptive. Oh, can't be worse than Ringo. Oh yeah. He is so fun. I love him. What's your cat's name? Her name's Olive, but Olive. I just call her Kitty. Oh, I think I knew it was Olive. Yeah. Ringo met his first cat yesterday, and he tried to play with it, and it just stared at him. So. Yeah, she does not like dogs. Yeah. My brother has a beagle, too, and he, he comes over sometimes, but it's it's always brief. We're still going to have to introduce Ringo to see how it goes. Maybe they're like the, the best friends that they never knew. Could be. They probably smell each other a lot, so. Honestly, through the wall, they probably can. Yeah. I'm sure they can. <laughs> Ringo has a good nose and good ears. Hound dog. Um, but yeah, so this is kind of great because I see you all the time, but yeah. also never at the same time. It's kind of crazy. Like, we live next door, but I feel like I never see you, but then I run into you. And so, like, we were both recently at this podcast luncheon, what, last week? Yes. And I was like, oh my gosh, hello, neighbor. And then we talked about doing a podcast, so here we are. Thank you for being very, like, spontaneous. I texted you, like, what, 20 minutes ago? and was like, do you want to record? Well, I look over eager. I'm very stoked. <laughs> this is happening. No, so. you're not over eager. I am too, because I needed another interview for this week too. So I'm glad that you could help me, um, you know, outlive my procrastination. <laughs> so you are a local musician, correct? And you're very talented. I know this because I bought your EP. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. So tell me about how you got into this. Uh, well, I've been playing music for a very, very long time. I started as a drummer. I was like 14, I think. I got a kit for Christmas, and then I played in church bands growing up. I went to a private school, so I played in the the worship band there, but I also played at a local church on Sundays. So I was playing like twice a week, lots of fun. Got to play with a lot of cool musicians. Learning to play in church though was cool because you really learn about dynamics in music Mm -hmm. more than anything. Crescendos on deck. It's very emotional and (laughs) you have to build it up at the right times. Yeah. You know, so. That was cool. I did that for till I was probably 18. Came to LSU, met my first bandmates. Uh, we were in a band called the Bandicoots. I do recall. Yeah. I have some very old, not so good, honestly, photos of y'all that I could probably redo. If you ever want to redo them, let me know. <laughs> well, I was just getting into band photography at the time. And I, I didn't know you at the time, which is crazy. Yeah, we were just stoked to have like professional photos of one of our shows. I was stoked to have a band that wanted photos. <laughs> so... Did we talk before that? I, I don't we think we did. That. So, no, I did photos for Jive Flamingo, which was a local music around? blog for a hot second. No, um, Emily McAllister was the the person who kind of ran it at the time, and that was my, my contact because I was like, at the time, too, wanting to do music photography. I was doing photography. I graduated in photography, but I was like, how do you get to shoot bands? Like, you can't just bring your camera to shows sometimes. They don't let you in with them. You have to know the band, whatever. And I got a couple of photos opportunities through them doing some local bands. And so that was my assignment that night was like, go see the oh, band nice. at Spanish Moon. And it's sure. funny because like when I moved in here and realized who you were, I was like, wait, I have photos of you from like two years ago, yeah, three years you, ago. When you moved in, I was like, oh my gosh, 
does she remember me? Well, I don't want to bring it up. No, I was the same way. So that's really funny. I was actually looking at those photos the other day because Christian and I were talking about the Menzingers and how much we liked them. And he's like, it'd be so cool to see them. I was like, we saw them. And he's like, when? I was like, Spanish Moon. He's like, no. And I'm like, yeah. So we were going through all these old photos. And I was like, this is Zach. And he's like, baby Zach. Baby so, me, yeah. It wasn't even that long yeah, ago. Yeah, that was like, well, that was like five or six years ago. It just shows how small Baton Rouge is, really. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, go on. Sorry, the Bandicoots. Oh, yeah. So I was in the Bandicoots with uh, two other guys. Uh, later, it was a four-piece, but that was near the end of our time together. Everyone's alive. You know, it wasn't like <laughs> something terrible happened. Uh, but then after that, uh, we all got real jobs because we graduated from LSU. That's how it happens. Yeah, but I wasn't given up so easily. So I just recently wrote and recorded seven songs. By yourself, right? Yeah, alone. Which I think is so cool, and that's what I want to talk about. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I did it in my bedroom. Yeah. Right there. Well, it's funny because, like, I don't mean this in a bad way, but, like, I hear you because I live, I share a wall. But, like, uh-huh. you're not, like, a bad neighbor. You're not an annoying neighbor. I don't know how loud we are with Ringo. But, um, yeah, I hear you playing sometimes, and it's so interesting. And so I knew when you were recording. And then sometimes, like, Christian would be over, and we'd see you out in your car just, like, blaring music. Yeah. And Christian, because he's a musician, he's like, oh, he's doing the car test. It's and the I'm car like, test. I'm like, what? He's like, that's what we all do after we record a song. We go listen to it in the car. And then yeah. that's what you said you were doing, which is so funny. That's the only way to test the bass for true. Unless you have, like, crazy expensive monitors, but obviously it's not this kind of I was watching kind of operation the here. Travis Scott documentary on Netflix randomly and they were doing the same thing it was like 24 hours before he was supposed to release and they're like all in his car in the driveway listening to this <laughs> album I'm like look everyone does the car test yeah. it's crazy I, I yeah I'd never really heard of it but I was like this seems like the best way to test but it turns out everybody does it well I just thought you were going through something I'm like he's just sitting in his car out front with really loud music oh, but no. Christian's like no he's just checking his recordings I'm like oh were you guys looking like really close to see if I was crying like, oh my god <laughs> no we were trying to pretend you didn't see us we're just walking around and go like maybe oh, should we look do we need to ask me it's okay <laughs> yeah I probably looked sad it's okay well you're <laughs> making music you're going through a creative state yes I was being very uh, critical of myself yeah well I was telling Zach too before this started I don't know how I made it 47 episodes without having a musician really I mean I had Molly Taylor she talked about her her music a little bit but we talked about her jewelry Beneath more the bark. so but I don't really know if I've had any other musicians truly on it so I'm I don't know stoked. how that happened because that's such a creative process. Yes. I would love to talk about how that works. Yeah. Uh, well, it's always kind of different song to song. Sometimes you start with, you know, the chord structure. Sometimes you start with the lyrics that you put a melody to. It's never really the same. A lot of times it, for me, it's like I'll just like pick out like a, a progression that sounds good to me. And then I'll just like blabber nonsense over top until I eventually get a melody. But Nine times out of ten, whatever I start blabbering is what I end up with lyrically. So you're like Paul McCartney. Yeah, it's sort of like a... Scrambled eggs. Yeah, it's probably a weird... uh, It's probably a therapy technique, I guess. But I end up saying things that I don't know where it came from. It's like stream of consciousness. Yeah. Like how people do that with their writing. They just write until like all of a sudden their life story is on a paper. (laughs) Yeah. I, um, I grew up playing music, but I would not consider myself a musician nor a songwriter, but... That's why I think I'm so intrigued by people who can write songs. Because I play trumpet, I play guitar. Like, I know how to read music and do stuff. But I could never in a million years, like, formulate that. Like, if you give it to me, I can do it. But I can't, like, come up with it. Yeah, so it's, it's scary. That's It's honestly a very scary So process. admirable, I think. And then, like, I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if everyone is. A lot of people hate her. But she has these little behind-the-scenes kind of iPhone voice recordings on her album sometimes that kind of show the very beginning structures of her songs. And it's the same thing. It's, like, just this blabbering nonsense. But, like, she knows, like, that many syllables are going to go in that spot right. or whatever. Right. And it's interesting to hear how it ends up. 
I guess you're, you know, you're just like Taylor Swift and Paul McCartney, Zach. <sighs> Incredible. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's what, Paul McCartney is definitely my favorite Beatle. Really? Yeah, I love Paul. I As don't like know. A, he's just like a pop master. He can write the yeah. catchiest pop tunes you've he's, ever met. Yeah, he's the goat. I don't I mean, know. Obviously you've heard them, but. I'm like the biggest Beatles fan too, and I don't know who my favorite is. It changes. It used to be George. And now, you know, I named my dog after Ringo because Ringo is such a fun character. Also because Ringo was a photographer, too. I was kind of like, okay, I... <laughs> it's okay. His cat's jumping around. My this is the same thing. Crazy. Ringo only starts playing with the squeaky ball when I start recording a podcast. Uh, so it's fine. Um, but no, and, uh, and John, too. I don't know. But so Paul's your favorite. Paul is my favorite. Uh, Wings, what he did with Wings, his first solo albums were all incredible. Ram was his very first solo. Um... Or was it McCartney? No, it was Ram. Anyway, they're all great. Mm-hmm. I just, he's like, he can catch, he can catch the melodies. They're like the simplest, you know, you hum them 20 minutes later because they get stuck in your head. They're little earworms. But at the same time, his lyrics are very emotional. Sometimes, sometimes they're not. Well, so would you say that you've kind of figured out a formula for yourself? Or is it just really dif- like different every single time? Well, I do the voice recorder thing. Like, I'll be at work sometimes and I'll just like... I'll pretend I'm going to the bathroom, and I'll just go like lock the door, and I'll like hum something really quietly because I'll I'll hear a melody in my head of like oh, I don't want to forget that. But I think that's probably every musician. If you go through their voice memos, it's very embarrassing for them if you were to hear it. <laughs> There's been a couple times where where because like I said, I play guitar. I don't really anymore ever like ever um, in trumpet. But in college, when I first went to college. I would want to try to play something or do something, but I had roommates, and I like I don't sing in front of people at all. So I'd go and sit in my car in the back seat with a guitar, like being like a creeper in like a parking lot, and try to like record something in my voice memo, and then be like, "This is terrible," and just delete it. So like, like I don't sing, so that's why these voice memos don't exist anymore. Yeah. But well, the more songs you write, like I think you get over that fact of or that feeling of listening back to your voice memos and being like, "Oh, this is trash. This is freaking awful." And instead, you like look for the good in whatever you did record because mm-hmm. you liked it enough originally to go and record it. Mm-hmm. You know, you made the time to do that, so there must be something there. So even if it's like the cheesiest melody, because like there are definitely cheesy melodies, like cliche, boring. Yeah, right. <laughs> Just like really boring. Like anybody could come up with it, but then you can like take that and change it because it starts yeah. with something that's interesting. But that's how I feel about photography. Like so much of what I do too is not like reinventing the wheel it's like something I saw someone else do or the same thing I did four other times with four other clients but like it kind of just starts there and then kind of goes into something else as you're but you have to start yeah. Yeah, with something like yeah yeah. it I grows think, and develops over time yeah I think the more I do this podcast the more I realize like everyone who is quote unquote doing what they want or like has some sort of creative outlet it's all kind of the same thing just in different mediums which yeah. is so weird yeah so tell me about recording the whole thing in your house what were the limitations of that uh well it kind of worked out really well well i wouldn't say it worked out i ended up losing my job in january uh due to some crazy stuff i won't talk about but i had a lot of free time because i was looking for a job and finding a job is not an easy thing to do Mm -hmm. so while i was looking uh, i was getting progressively more upset that i didn't have a job and so i had to do something to kind of alleviate the yeah the frustrations yeah so a lot of the songs are about you know being kind of bummed out (laughs) Uh, Zach. well I don't want to be I don't want it's like oh it's about depression you know yeah which I guess it is but it's like I'm not gonna I don't want to go too deep into that yeah it was good it was good for me like mentally I had something at the end of it that I was very very proud of um and it worked out to where 
like I had just finished the last track and I was putting it out and I got news that I'd been hired somewhere else. So isn't it crazy how that kind of stuff happens, like yeah. timing yeah. in the world? Yeah. I well, I honestly do like it's cheesy, but I do think things happen for a reason. So do I, and I think manifestation is a part of it. Yeah. Like if you were sitting in your house not doing anything all that time, you probably still would be unemployed. But I believe True. because you yeah. were putting your energy into something, that's how other energy came to you. Yeah. If that doesn't sound like cheesy enough. But, sure. Well, but that kind of stuff happens to me all the time. Yeah. And it probably affected my interviews. Mm -hmm. You know, like once I got into the music that I was working on, I was like excited about something. It probably translated When it probably made into... you more confident and because you had some like a purpose yeah. to do something versus like if you were just like wallowing away. Yeah. Um, I go through phases where I do nothing and then so nothing happens and then I do everything and then everything happens. I'm like, this should seem simpler. But... Yeah. But you also can't like force yourself to be productive. Yeah, if you, you don't can, want to be. but it won't be as well, that's as... the hard. I want to talk about that then because I always talk about that with people who are like, how do you do what you do? Because creativity is like a mood to some people. And when you make it your job or something that you're trying to monetize, it puts a lot of pressure on you to have an end result, whether or not you felt it or not. And it sucks because sometimes it's like there are days I feel really creative and days I don't. But sometimes I still have to someone paid me to do something on that day that I don't feel creative. You still have yeah. to produce something. Absolutely. Um, and so that can be hard, but creativity is definitely like a mood you can have, but it's also like a skill. I feel like it's like a, like a muscle you have to train Yeah. to do on command. Yeah. You can't ignore it, but also it certainly does come in waves. Creativity. Yeah. Especially with songwriting. Like, uh, when I write songs, some days I can't think of anything for, and it'll be like a span of three weeks. I'm just like, like I'm not even going to try. Yeah. You know, it's terrible. But then one day I'll write, I'll have like the beginnings of four songs in mm -hmm. two days, you know? And when you, when you feel that wave coming, you kind of have to ride it. Um, I don't know. It's interesting how, how that works. It's your brain is just buzzing with ideas out of nowhere mm -hmm. and you just have to like snatch them out of the air. <laughs> yeah. I feel that way about productivity too, because like creativity and productivity go hand in hand sometimes, but productivity comes in waves for me too. Like there's just weeks or months that I just can't like get it together. I've been that way with this podcast recently because I've been so busy doing other stuff. Like I can't, it's like a whole thing for me to get like one episode out. But then there's other times where I like, I recorded six in a week and I'm like, I'm set for the next six weeks. Yeah. Like it's crazy. And so the same thing with creativity, it's like you have to ride those productivity waves of like while you're on top of it and getting yeah. shit done. Um, and that can be hard to get out of your hole and get back on that so yeah. I don't know I definitely think that because you were recording stuff in that time frame that's kind of how you got a job so what's your job oh I work for X Design Inc which is an ad agency here in Baton Rouge uh, I do digital ads so ads you see on Facebook you know all social media uh, display ads you see while you're browsing the web you design them like graphically or you do like the, the I... logistics of getting them out I do the strategy of like what they're going to say and like because I know the demographic we're going after. I know the sales goals or if it's not sales, it's, you know, getting bodies in a restaurant or so that's how that's what steers the messaging of the ads. So I kind of write that with my uh, coworker um, and we sort of give design direction to work towards. So then we give that to them and they come back with this beautiful product and I'm like, this looks a million times better than I ever even expected. <laughs> See, it's like a, it's like an analytic side of creativity. Yeah. Kind of. Sort of, yeah. And then once I get it back, it's my job to send them out to the right people. So. I don't know if I realized that's what you did. 
at work. That's I cool. I don't really talk about it too much. It's hard to explain digital yeah, but ads. That's, that's still creative in a sense. Yeah. Or like a creative environment at least. It takes a lot of, uh, well, it's, it's like that too. Uh, some days I'm tasked with writing copy for a new campaign and I'm just like, I cannot think of anything. I'd rather be doing anything else right now. Yeah. But, which I have conversations with people about like, you know, the nine to five, it's not the best thing for like creative professions because you can't, you know, you can't force yourself to, to make good work. But then procrastination also is a great fuel for producing decent work out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And that works the same with, with music as well. Well, that's interesting that you basically you write at work and you write songs at home. Like you're still writing either way. Yeah. It's interesting. I don't think I realized that you did that. What has been like a really cool project you worked on that's not the music <clears throat> side, but like... Um, one that I'm like really stoked about recently, we, we took over doing uh, social and digital stuff for Phil's Oyster Bar. Oh, cool. Yeah, which included like a total rebrand of their old logo and we did their new menus and everything and I think they look really awesome. Uh, you know, it's just great to see like all the work you put into uh, stuff for, for a client and then almost immediately seeing like their sales have gone up, mm-hmm. XYZ numbers, you know. Because of y'all, yeah. I just said XYZ numbers. That's that's <laughs> terrible. I understand you. That's the alphabet. Come on. <laughs> anyway. Well, so would, like, I guess kind of segueing, would you ever do something like that but for others with songwriting? Like, would you be a songwriter for other artists or are you only Ooh. interested in writing for yourself? I think I lack the theory, knowledge, like, People who write music for other people, like for Justin Bieber, I mm-hmm. guess, it's very formulaic mm-hmm. because these musicians have been writing songs for I don't know how many years, but it's like a there's definitely a set structure. Like if you listen to the top 100 songs of the time, they're all the same. They're probably the same, <laughs> same four chords, yeah. yeah, which is fine. And like you can work with four chords and you can make 500,000 different melodies to put on top of them. Would I like to do that? Not necessarily. I don't think that's what music is for me. Like, mm-hmm. and then it would become a job, and it would be like, oh my god, I have to write. I don't know. Yeah. It must be so much pressure to write for people. Like, I don't know if Ariana Grande writes her own music, but like, I don't think she writes all of it. No. She's a huge artist, and then you're tasked with, okay, write a hit. Like, oh mm-hmm. damn. Uh, but conversely, if the bar is set so low that a hit is literally the same hit that you made last month for someone else, it's like it might be kind of. Not easy. I don't want to say the word easy, but like you said, formulaic. Yeah. And I'm not sure if it even works that way. Like, they might just be songwriters, and then they come up with a song, and they'd say, like, oh, you know who would sound good on this one? And I then they hand it off. I think that's how it works, because you hear these stories about, like, that song Breakaway that Kelly Clarkson has. It was written for Avril Lavigne. I don't remember by who, but it's like, people have, like, I don't know if they get bids on them. Uh, if it's like an auction, like, I wrote yeah. this, who wants it? Or if it's like, I wrote it for you, but then, like you didn't have a good time to release it. So now you're going to, like, I wonder how that works. It's just like pawn shop yeah. for ideas. <laughs> yeah. I've actually thought about, cause I listened, I like go to a lot of local shows mm-hmm. here and sometimes I'll write music that like, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, this is a, this is a fine song, but for the rest of the kid, it wouldn't actually make sense for me to mm-hmm. perform this. It just brain. doesn't fit. Yeah. But then I think of like, you know, if I gave this song to like Rio Rosa, they'd probably kill it. You know? Yeah, no, that, I think that's interesting because I just think about it like I bought this shirt, but it doesn't fit me. <laughs> like, it looks so cute on you. Like, here you go. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing. Yeah. 
I, I don't know. I feel that way with photography sometimes too. Or like people will text me and be like, oh, I saw this like other photographer's work. It reminds me of you. And just it's weird how people like, like a style can like be a song too. Um, speaking of local shows, you've been playing. I have not made it out to one of your gigs yet. You got to change that. I know. There. I know. Popping. But I feel like I have a front row seat because I hear you through the wall. You know, I just. <laughs> well, the guys I'm playing me. with are incredible musicians. Very, very talented guys. Uh, and they've taken the songs, you know, from. And beefed them up. They made them so much better. Mm-hmm. So I love them for that. Uh, let me just tell you who's in the band. Tell me who's in the band. Yeah, tell Connor, me all about it. Connor LaCour, he is my bassist. He plays in the Nocturnal Broadcast, which is another Ooh, local that's a band. a fun name. Yes, the Nocturnal Broadcast. He is a prolific songwriter, incredible guitarist. I've got him, you know, confined to the bass guitar, but he's really making the most of it. Confined. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I'm, taking, I'm taking two whole strings away from him. I'm sure he doesn't love that, but. <laughs> Uh, we got Mookie Darden on the drums, and he is just a local music icon. He's booking every show in town. He has touring bands coming through, playing at his house constantly. He shelters them. They sleep. He feeds them. Uh, so he's incredible. He's, uh, he's never played drums in a group before, but he's killing it. And then uh, my guitarist is my good friend Landon Ben-Kaz. Uh, he works at Hayride Scandal as a bartender. So those of you going out to Hayride... He's a, Still haven't been there either. Oh, he's a beautiful boy. Go get a cocktail from him. He puts <laughs> eggs in them, which is wow. crazy to me. Beautiful men and egg cocktails. Yes, he's what shaking more? eggs for you. Amazing. Wow. So, well, when you wrote all these songs yourself, were you envisioning them to be played with a full band? Or were you kind of like, I'll just be like Enya and I will just like perform solo and uh, layer everything? Yeah, part of me was like content with never performing them. Yeah. It was mostly just for me. But I wrote like a, another short album like five years ago when I was still living with the guys from the Bandicoots. And it was it sounded even more DIY than my newest, which is still kind of sounds like kind of scrappy because I did it myself. But uh, where was I going with this? I have, what, what was I talking about? What did you ask me? Um, if you had ever envisioned a full band playing oh, right. the songs. Yeah, so I had music of my own for a long time. And I, a part of me was always like, oh, wow, how great would it be to perform these live? But I was doing the drumming thing. I never imagined I would be like a front man. I got a lot better guitar, too. So back then, it probably wasn't realistic because um, I was just kind of plucking away. Not really. Probably didn't sound too great. But so, yeah, it's cool now because I'm playing those old songs, too, uh, with the new to, like, fill out a whole set. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of it's pretty surreal. It's actually kind of crazy to think that it's probably been seven or eight years since I wrote that first one and recorded and they're it. They're finally seeing now, the light of day. Yeah, now people are hearing them, so it's it's cool for me. What's I know you're not in that band anymore, but like, what's it like writing songs like with other people? And how does it get like? Is there any drama with like I wrote that, that's mine, or you took that, or this is ours? Like, how does that work? Uh, there was a little bit of that with the Bandicoots, just because I was being selfish, because I felt jealous. Being the drummer, I was like, oh, I wrote this cool part, but they don't want to play it. Probably because it wasn't that good, honestly. <laughs> uh, but they 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 picked up a couple songs, and we played those back then. It was cool. But that doesn't happen now, or at least it hasn't happened yet, because I wrote literally every part by myself. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like it wasn't like I was, you know, critiquing other people's work. And you're like, just like, this is your part. Here's yeah, the music. here's your part. Learn it. Please play it. I love you. Thank you. <laughs> Um, but I want to get uh, the guys more involved for the next the next go around 
because they write really great parts that I could never think of. So. so that's where the collaboration element comes in. Yeah. They've made the songs better. I've already said that, but like Connor's bass lines are just insane. And Landon's ripping solos over top, like these blank spaces that existed in the recordings that mm-hmm. there was just nothing there before. So I was like, hey, can you think of something? And he just kills it every time. So it's neat. That's interesting. So I always think about that with, I don't know, famous bands like that break up. And it's like, obviously, I'm sure things got like dramatic like with the Beatles or anyone else. But it's just so crazy to share because like, I don't share anything with anyone. Like My business is my name and it's just me. Yeah. And even when I'm on a shoot with like there's a creative director and like a model and like a style, like it's kind of hard sometimes to collaborate like the vision to have one thing that we're all proud of. But with a band, like there's like money behind it and it's like what is the what is the percentage breakdown like there's how does no money. that work well you know what I mean but like if, if like the Beatles write a song and it's oh, like right, Lennon, yeah, yeah. Lennon McCartney but then like what happens like when Ringo writes that song it does better and it's like that all the politics behind the business of it is what intrigues me and I just am always so interested to see how people collaborate with each other to form something, something that's so cool because like I just can't relate because I have to do everything myself <laughs> yeah yeah I don't know uh, so far you're just doing it yourself too though so yeah uh, I don't know what would happen if, like, I would be wary of, like, any, if a record label wanted to, like, help me produce music, because then it would be like, oh, now it's serious, and they're going to have all these rules of, like, we're going to take this much money out of this, mm-hmm. and, uh, I don't know, uh, I don't want to think about that yet. I know, I think about that, too, with, like, well, that's kind of what happened with photography, it's like, you're doing it for fun, and it's one thing, but then once there's money behind it, and someone wants this, and you don't deliver with what they expected... Yeah. Then it, it's an awkward conversation. Yeah. But then it's like business. It's not art anymore. It's just like, you asked for this. I gave you this. Like, now what do we do from here? So um, I think about that too with sponsors for like a podcast or something. I'm like, oh, would I even be allowed to say the same things I say now if I had a sponsor? Like, right. how does that work? It's just interesting to like have other people in the picture. So I think it's cool that you wrote all this yourself and you're just like, all right, band, learn my parts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it makes me feel a little bit like I have a huge head sometimes because like, Maybe somebody will suggest a part, and I'm like, oh, I don't really like it, <laughs> so <laughs> uh, don't play that. <laughs> so I feel bad sometimes, but you know, at the end of the day, I still have to have creative, some creative control. Yeah, if it's your band, yeah, and yeah. you started it and you wrote everything. So where does the Rusty Kid come from? Tell me about that name. Oh well, it came from when I was living with the guys from the Bandicoots, and I, like I said, I was a much less good musician back then. Um, so trying to. There was like an unspoken like foot race of musicianship happening. I don't think they were aware of it, but I was like, I was very jealous of their abilities. And so that's why I even started trying to write songs. So I was like, I was like, I can prove you wrong. Like, oh, this song's going <laughs> to be sick. There's a bunch of dudes together in a room. <laughs> but they were very Egos. supportive too. Like they heard it and they were like, yeah, that's great. And then like, what if you played this part? I was like, damn, I would have never thought of that. But that's so badass. Why do I even try? But uh, so yeah, it was like a... I always felt a little bit behind and the music that I write sort of has like a Western, like a spaghetti mm-hmm. Western vibe to it. So I liked the idea of going with like the Billy the Kid sort of structure of a name, but then I also didn't want to be cliche. So I swapped the, the, so I put the, the in front. So it was the rusty kid rather than rusty the kid. So yeah, I think that's where it came from. Like I was just always kind of behind the path. Yeah, kind of rusty. A little bit rusty. Yeah. And uh, the sound of the music, I like very like heavy reverb, mm-hmm. almost so much reverb to the point where it like it sort of crackles and sparks. Like mm-hmm. it sounds like spake, 
space dust over top of everything. Yeah. So it kind of has like a rusty sound to it at the same time. So I don't know. It just kind of fit. Yeah. Well, I'm really impressed with that, especially knowing that you did it all yourself, like every instrument, like like literally next door to me all this time. Like I'm just like all these times that I was like chilling watching TV, you were just like working your ass off over here recording an album. Yeah, but it was like it was fun too though, because like sometimes I would put in like ten hour days mm-hmm. working on one song, and I, I just didn't even realize how much time had passed. So it was I was like, oh, the sun's down now. Guess I should text somebody. Well, <laughs> Let them know that I'm still <laughs> alive and I didn't die in my apartment overnight. That was like me when I made, I have online workshops and you, I always wonder what you hear through the wall. It's probably just me like, hey guys, it's Jordan back again. Like no one else is home but me. It's like me at my computer. But I made like these workshops and I just like locked myself in the house for like three or four days and like didn't go outside and just like looked at my camera and my computer the whole time. And then I'm like, I should probably eat. I should probably tell yeah, someone that I like, to eat. I haven't like had water. I haven't like notified anyone about my existence. I think I told Christian like just stay at home like all week. Like don't come over. Like I'm recording. Yes. And I, I want you to that. see me like this. Yeah, it got like crazy because I'm just like talking to myself all day. That's probably the same way. You're just singing to yourself all day. Yeah. But I also had to like work in windows because the walls here are obviously very thin. Mm-hmm. And my upstairs neighbor, you know, she doesn't always appreciate me, <laughs> you know, singing so loud. Uh, sometimes, sometimes I'll come home. I've had a, you know, I've been overserved at the bar uh, with a few people. And uh, we want to have a little sing-along at 3 a.m. No, she doesn't like that. So. I really don't hear that that often, so she must oh, really she hear. she certainly does, yes. Interesting. Well, I wonder if the guy above me hears Ringo howling as much. We've recently told him, like, t- trying to teach him how to speak. So uh-huh. that way, if we teach him how to speak, we can teach him how to stop speaking. Yeah. So that way, when he starts barking, I can be like, stop. But you can't teach the command for not until he knows the command for. Don't speak. So we're over here, like, making him howl on command. And I'm like, how loud is it? I have no idea. Well, I would imagine he could probably hear it because I hear his dog, too. Yeah. Uh, and I'm a he diagonal. He gallops across. Oh, really? He's very large. He's a big dog, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But tell me about the recording, like, logistics. Because, like, tell me about your audio setup. Like, were you under a blanket? Like, were you just in the corner? Uh-huh. Were you in your closet? Like, on the floor? That's what Christian does. He goes in the closet and puts, like, towels over things. and just like. No, I wasn't that particular about it. Um, I just have, like, a... What's it called? It's called a Focusrite two by two interface where you can plug in an XLR cable or a quarter inch, and you can so you can record like through a microphone or through a guitar uh, cord. Mm-hmm. So um, I ran it. I ran my guitar through this like tiny. It, they're called micro cube amps, mm-hmm. and they have like all the craziest like preset uh, effects. And I was like, it's good enough for me. So it just had a ton of reverb and gain and. And I got it to where it sounded decent without having to spend money on mm-hmm. equipment. So I, was, I really just worked with what I had. I don't think I spent any money to produce this. this That's record. cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. So I just ran my guitar through that really shitty amp and into the Focusrite and then into Ableton, which is a a program for recording audio. Ah, and see, I, I don't edit know. It through that. Hopefully, in coming months, I will learn more about audio. Um, cause I have some fun stuff coming up, but right now I use just a blue Yeti microphone plugged into my computer with GarageBand. That is it. <laughs> and Christian knows enough about recording cause he's got logic and does all this stuff at his house, but I don't even know what you're talking about. Well, I with probably would have, <laughs> I probably would have used GarageBand, but I don't have a Mac. So oh, okay. Uh, don't tell anybody, but it, my copy of, uh, Ableton may or may not be, you know, legally purchased. Oh, that happened a couple of years ago with my Photoshop. Uh-huh. I'm legal now. Yeah, but I had Photoshop there's too. A, there's a long time that went by. A lot of work oh, I made. Damn millennials finding stuff for free. LimeWire, Kazaa, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but that's. I think that's the kind of stuff people want to hear. Is that like 
you didn't have to go out and buy stuff. Like, people, I think, put off... I know I'd put off my podcast for a long time because I was afraid of the tech side of, like, what I would need. So I just didn't even, like, do it because I was worried it would be too difficult. Mm -hmm. And I think other people put off doing what they want. (laughs) Like, doing what they want because they're afraid of, like, the logistics or, like, the technology side of it. And it's cool to know that, like, you just, like, recorded a whole album, like, in your living room, basically, with what you had. And you put it out and people bought it. And now you're recording. I mean, you're performing and everything's fine yeah i'm super happy with how things turned out well obviously like i already had you know the, the focus ride and i had my guitar and i had that little amp so there is some money you have to put into it if yeah you but wanna, it's like, like you don't have to go out and like do more or like right be afraid to proceed with what you want to do right if you can make it work with what you have absolutely go for it or else you'll never do it that is your quote card you just said the quote i'm going to put on the little thing that i used to promote the episode oh hell Amazing. yeah um, but no, it's the same thing with camera gear. People always want to message me like, hey, I'm getting into photography. What kind of camera do you use? I'm like, if you buy the camera I have now and you're just getting into photography, it won't make a difference. Like your photos will still be bad because you don't know how to use it. Yeah. Like if I go play a Gibson Les Paul, it's not going to sound any better than if I play like this like $200. A cigar box guitar. Yes, because I don't know how to play well. So it doesn't make a difference. So I think yeah. kind of using what you have, like whatever that Abraham Lincoln quote is, is like do the best with what you have, where you are, whatever. But it's so true. Abe Lincoln. Yeah, uh, and a lot of times, you know, with with things like that, you end up spending a ton of money, and you find out you don't actually enjoy it that much. Well, you so don't you've even wasted need it. all this money. Yeah, that's so true too, and that's part of my podcast stuff too. I was like, I don't know, do I like everything online was like, get this, you know, mixer. You need like all these separate mics for every guest. Like you need like to put foam all over your walls and like a separate yeah. studio. And I'm like, uh, what if I do three episodes and hate it or like no one listens? Yeah, so, do a trial run. You know, you just have to kind of like make it work for a while. Yeah. But I have a very, very ratchet setup and it sounds okay. No one's complaining about the audio yet, so. It sounds fine to me. I don't know. I listen. Do you really? Yeah, sometimes. Oh, thanks. I, uh, yeah, I've been slacking lately, so sorry. Oops. But. Um, yeah, I'm pissed. Where's my, <laughs> where's my do what you want radio? Well, I, I'm really bad about, like, over-promising and over-committing myself to things that, like, no one cares about because I made the rule myself. Yeah. And that's why I Do What You Want is kind of like a branding thing for me because I have to remind myself, like, it's so, like no one cares. Like, if I don't release one this week, like, no one noticed but me. Like, yeah, I haven't released No one a, sees the behind the scenes. Right. But, like, I put all these, like, rules on myself and it's like, oh, my gosh, I didn't deliver. Like, everything, the world's crashing and, like, nothing changes. So, um, I'm glad to hear that <laughs> you don't notice and it's fine. Um what was I going to ask you? Oh, so how has the the album been going? Well, uh, and also explain to me, I am a music person, but mm-hmm. I am stupid. I still don't know the difference between like an EP and an album, like an, ex, like an LP. I know one's like extended play and long play and it has to do with the records, but like explain to me the differences between all these things. And what did you release? Um, what was that last question? I don't know. What did I release? Yeah, EP, like LP, an, I, I album. You, What's the difference? I guess it's considered an EP. I called it an EP. It's called the No Money. Okay. No Money That's EP. what I thought. But then I'm like, I still don't know the difference between an EP and like what anything else is. Uh, an EP is just shorter. Uh, I think the the time requirement to actually call it an album is like 35 minutes. Oh, so, so it's a time requirement. I didn't know if it was a track requirement, but then like no. one of the tracks are 30 seconds. Like Yeah, no, it's a time thing. Okay. Because I knew it had to do with the olden days of, like, the records and whatever. But I just call everything an EP because it sounds cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, your new EP sounds great, man. Well, I'd love to I'd love to say I put out an LP. That would be that'd be sick. I probably could have if I waited a little bit longer. I, 
could have mustered up a few more songs. I have them. I have a lot of new songs now. Uh, so look out for that. That's what I was going to ask you. Like, so what's next? Like, what's next for you, Rusty Kid? Uh, hopefully I can write some new material and take some songs from the new EP and pair them with new stuff to, to make a full album and have it recorded professionally. I don't want to do it again myself. Even though I really enjoy the process, I don't think it would be disappointing for myself to, to put out something that's equal or lesser quality. Yeah, you want to I mean, the songs the would still be good, hopefully, but... I want to improve on what I have done. So I think the next step is getting into like some studio space with a professional audio engineer. But that costs a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And I put out an EP called No Money. So, so you have here to, we go. So you have to buy the EP No Money. Yeah, please so go buy it. Money. Yeah, and I'll spend all the money on groceries because it's only $5. Yeah, yeah, it's only five dollars. No, that's a great, that's a great buy. Honestly, it's a lot of work. Or you can pay what you want. So please feel free to pay Ooh, thousands see, of dollars. See, so I have for do what you want. You can have pay what you want. Mm. As a brand, just take pay it and run with what you want. <laughs> I think uh, that might be copyrighted by Bandcamp. Probably. Oh, I should tell them how to find the music, huh? Yeah, tell me how to find the music. And well, I guess side note too. I, this is probably a lame question because I feel like other people get asked this, but like, do you have to have like bad stuff happen to you to have stuff to write about for your songs, or do you have to have like really good stuff happen to you? Like, what if your last album was kind of about like depressive times? Yeah. Are you like, how do you keep coming up with music? Do you have to like be depressed again? Well, that's that's uh, it's a that big part be, of the that process. Could be a dumb it's, question. I'm sorry. No, it's actually a great question because I don't want to say it depends on bad things happening to you, but I mm -hmm. think that's when the best songs are written. Yeah. Uh, any musician I love I like really like kind of emotional music anyway so say, I'm an emo kid so like if all these people didn't have bad things happen none of my songs would yeah. exist that I love yeah right like my favorite artist of all time is Jeff Buckley and he has a very very tragic story and uh, his music was just very vulnerable I think that's what I'm attracted to in music is vulnerability because like the that is a that's what it should be for writing mm -hmm. songs so there's a there should be an effort to express something that you can't necessarily just say to someone in a conversation, unless you're talking to your therapist, I don't know. But it's really an opportunity to, to lay it all out. And then it sort of disguises the severity of Yeah, because you're like, your just emotions. put a little snappy beat with yeah. it, and then it's fine. Yeah, exactly. So it's like you're singing about, like I have one song called Someday. It's like uh, feeling closed off, been pushing away from all the friends that I've made. Uh, been running around just trying to keep these bills paid and it's very catchy but at the same time the lyrics are kind of heavy so it's like it's great that people respond to that music positively mm -hmm. when I was using it as sort of like a I don't want to call it a coping mechanism but it sort of was like a a way to to get through some shit so yeah I think music is great for that like it, it, it lets you say stuff that sort yeah. of indirectly um, I just want to compare that to the all-time classic, Ring Around the Rosie. Okay. Pocket full of posy, um, ashes, ashes, we all fall down. I mean, that is about that the plague. About dying. But it is a children's, like, you know, nursery rhyme, and it's very upbeat, and you know, we're smiling and singing it, but yeah, you're talking about, like, the plague and death, and that's exactly your point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're just like... Ring around the Rosie, right? Oh, I wish I'd written that. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's a great, a great point, and um, that's kind of why I started the podcast and stuff. Because I'm tired of just like acting like everything's great all the time on Instagram and having when people you run into someone in the grocery store, they're like, "How you been?" I'm like, "Great," but like you really can't get into it. And right. so this is kind of my way to like. Or else people would like slowly walk away from you, like back 
pedal slowly. Yeah. Well, I know like, I did. Oh, God. Some, and there's been times where I've just like word vomited on everyone. I'm like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> this year has been terrible. This is happening. And they're just like, okay, well, paper or plastic. <laughs> I'm like, sorry. Um, but I, I think, don't know you. Yeah. This is kind of the same, the same, um, I can't talk today. The same like mentality I have with this podcast too is like you can't say that much like an Instagram caption or like in a five minute conversation, but we can have like a whole like 45 minute discussion about something um, and really lay it all out there. So I like that. Yeah. I don't know. I need to work on talking slower. I feel like I just like get on a roll on this thing and then I don't even care enough to edit it out later. I'm just well, like, man, you know, talking fast. If it were just me, it would be very awkward and I wouldn't say that much. So oh, somebody's got to do it. That's why I haven't had that many solo episodes. I don't know what to talk about, but everyone's like, they sound fine. I'm like, but wait, give me topics. I don't know. I'm just tra- like chatting about things. And I think I'm going to start doing some more like YouTube content because that just seems to be like where things are headed but like just me sitting in front of my camera i don't know what to talk about so that's also vulnerable uh, i feel like that's the that's the way of the podcast now it's like they double mm-hmm. you can listen to it on audio or you can watch them with their headphones on sitting in front exactly. of exactly and i always thought that was dumb but now i'm like if that's just double dipping different audiences like i'm already doing it but now i have to like put on makeup when i podcast sometimes i'm in my pajamas it's just so much easier or i, I could just be in my pajamas like a, on youtube i don't know whatever yeah. i mean that I could do what I want. No, no, I don't think so. No, but yeah, the video thing is kind of daunting because you're just like, it's that imposter syndrome with everything where it's like, I don't have anything to say. Like, no one needs to hear from me. Like, it's stupid. Yeah. But like, people do, and it's the same thing probably with music. You're probably just like, there's so many other bands out there. Like, why would anyone listen to my music? But it's like people do. It could be someone's favorite song that they've ever heard. So you should definitely do the thing. Yeah, I compare my music to my favorite artists, and then I'm like, well, this is bad compared to that. So. I did the same thing with photography and everything else, but hey, but you have probably created created things that have like changed someone's day or like I made them so. happy or made them sad or made them feel like relatable. So I have been told that the lyrics are very. Uh, I think someone said the word human, very human. I like that. Yeah, I like that too, and it makes me feel uh, good. <laughs> it's like, I like being. I mean, human. obviously, it's like it makes me feel good, but it's like, yeah, everyone has bad things going on and if I can write if I can write about my own situations but in like a broad enough uh, way to where it's applicable to anyone's mm-hmm. situation that's tight that's the goal yeah that's tight it makes me happy you're just saving everyone wow I just put you on a really high pedestal right there but anyways so on that note where can everyone find your music where can everyone buy your stuff follow your stuff do the thing listen to you play all that stuff well I'm on Facebook and Instagram Facebook is at the Rusty Kid. Instagram that was taken, so it's at the underscore Rusty Kid. <laughs> Don't you hate life? Oh, it's awful. <laughs> uh, you can catch the music though on Bandcamp, which is Bandcamp.com/slash the Rusty Kid. I I'll, think. I'll find all this and link it in the show notes, as I always do, which I don't know if anyone ever goes to read, but I put a lot of effort into linking everything, so you can click them there, I promise. But um, yeah, and you can see you in concert at places in Baton Rouge yes, and I beyond. Think, uh, well, we're playing a show tomorrow night, but I don't think this will be out. Yeah, then. this comes out Tuesday, so you missed it last night. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> okay, well, then we have another show coming up. Wait, actually, I can put this out tomorrow. If you want to. Tomorrow morning? Yeah. Okay, great. So today's I don't want Sunday. to make you work too much. No, I don't care. I'm going to go do it right now regardless. It's just a difference in scheduling. So okay, for cool. consistency, I try to make things come out on Tuesday, but then I realize that no one notices. It just like shows up in their iTunes library at some point. Yeah, they're so, happy anyway. Yeah. I'll just release it in the morning so we can talk about your concert. Yeah. So it's going to be at Southside Arts Center. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we have a lot of... Let me let me see who's playing. There's a touring band coming through. They're from Tennessee. Okay. Um, they're called the Hollywood Horses. 
Ooh, fun name. And they're touring their new album. Uh, it's called Funny, Sexy, Cool. They seem like a cool group. Um, stoked to play with them. But then we also have two other local, well, one other local act, and then another touring group is coming as well. Uh, the local guy, he goes by Sleepy Goodman. Okay. I don't, I'm not super familiar with his stuff. I heard one song and it was really cool. He's also a DIY guy. He does everything himself, which is tight. And then also uh, Andy Burns is playing and Your Glow. I think they're from Florida. They're like a surf band. Okay. And then we'll play right before the Hollywood Horses. So it's going to be a jam-packed night yeah. full of great and exciting music. Yeah. And so, so weird. to I clarify, this is now, as of this podcast release date, tonight at what time? Oh, uh, 8 p.m. is 8 when 8 p.m. at Southside open. Art Center. I'll link that stuff in here, too. Yes, and if you can't catch that, we're playing uh, Mid-City Ballroom on December 13th okay. for Sinclair's EP release show. Oh, I don't know if they've announced that yet, but it's happening anyway. So <laughs> like, I'm comfortable um, saying it. Jumping the gun. Yeah, uh, you heard it here first. This is breaking news. This is yeah. Do What You Want Radio. It's extremely like widespread, <laughs> lots of listeners, just so t- like amazingly popular. It's just yeah. They're cool. going to send someone to kill me in my sleep. Right? <laughs> no, we don't. There's not that many listeners. So if you're listening, you're special. Um, great. Okay. Awesome. Well, I will link all these things and I need to listen to your EP some more because it's on my phone, but I listen to Spotify a lot of the times. And so are you on Spotify too or no? I'm not. Okay. So that's where the disconnect is. Yeah. I want to wait until I have a more polished product to to make the leap onto Spotify. Also time out, polished product. Reagan Labatt's photos of you are primo. She's awesome. Those Polaroids are so good. We have kind of a sketchy backyard, but in a good way. And I thought it was so on brand for the Rusty Kid. I just really enjoyed those. So shout out to Reagan. She's amazing. Yeah. She's sick. Um, cool. Well, thanks so much for coming on, and I will link all these things, and uh, hopefully come to your show. I don't know Please if I do. come tomorrow. I don't even know what tomorrow is. <sighs> You'll make it out to one of them. I will. I promise. We're going pretty hard. Going hard. Hey, y'all. Thanks so much for listening to Do What You Want Radio. As always, you can find all the tools and links that are referenced in this week's episode at dowhatyouwantradio.com in the show notes. If listening to this podcast has brought you any value at all, please take a moment to go subscribe, rate, and review Do What You Want Radio so that I can continue to reach creatives just like you and me. Doing this podcast is a lot of fun, but it takes a lot of work as well, and I do it all by myself. So I really appreciate those of you who keep listening week after week. You've already dedicated a lot of your time to listening to my voice, talking too fast probably, but if you're not tired of me yet, you can keep up with me, my photography work, and the creative services, products, and workshops I offer at jordanheffler.com and at jordanheffler on Instagram. If you want to be hardcore informed, subscribe to my weekly newsletter to get a free branding worksheet, as well as weekly tips and promotional offers for my digital products and merchandise, like Lightroom presets, Instagram overlays, t-shirts, hats, and everything else you didn't know you needed. You can sign up at jordanheffler.com slash subscribe. Thanks again for tuning in to Do What You Want Radio. I just want to let you know that you're probably doing a great job and you probably deserve a beer. So go get one. See you next week.